What is a critical conversation? A critical conversation is a conversation that, it, that reveals important content, not only about ourselves, but about other people. Critical conversations edify, heal, and provide substance. Join Latanya Harris Good as she introduces us to critical conversations right here on Trailblazers Radio. Hello, everybody. This is LHG. I am just coming to let you know that I am an independent paparazzi jewelry consultant. You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know. So I would love to be your personal jewelry lady. Paparazzi is an amazing company. We sell legal and lead free jewelry. We are known for our $5 bling, but you just need to know there is an exclusive Z collection that's $25. It's a bling of all bling. When you're really going out on the town and you want to show up absolutely fabulous. So we have items for women. For men and for young fashionistas out there, we don't discriminate. If you need it, I'm sure we got it. You have the opportunity to follow my page on Facebook called Polished On Purpose, a VIP group. Follow my personal page, Latanya Harris Gooden. And I have my own website that is at your disposal 24-7. So many ways to shop. So let me be the one. That makes sure you are accessorized the way you should be. Because I want you to be polished on purpose. My mentor always tells me, when you show up, people are checking you out. They're watching you. So why not be polished? Be poised. Be purposeful. Glam it up with pop, honey. I got what you need. Well, 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 good evening, everyone. Good evening. It's your girl, LHG, coming with you with today's episode of, drum roll please, Critical Conversations. Oh my goodness. We got a lot of groundwork to cover today, but I wanted to let you know, as you just saw in the beautiful commercial that my brother created for me, hats off to my Trailblazers radio boss. I have a business. I am a paparazzi consultant. And I wanted to share that with you. I do have a website, paparazziaccessories.com forward slash 393-923. And at some point, I'll put that in the comments. But this is the time of the year for gift giving. If you need affordable yet quality made jewelry, I am wearing my business. I am wearing my business. So let me be your jewelry lady. Let me help you get your gift giving done and you don't have to break the bank. So I want to just let you know before we dive into today's show, and I will run that again halfway through so you will know how to reach me, how to follow me and get the word out because I am growing a business polished on purpose. Oh, wow. So listen, today's show is called Emotional and Social Intelligence. Why have I been dealing with emotions? Let's pray first, and I'll tell you why. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are great. You are amazing. I'm so grateful that I can call you my father. I'm so grateful that you love me in spite of me, in spite of what I've done. Forgive me for anything and everything that I have done that does not align with your word or your plan for my life. 
Forgive me for saying things that don't represent you well, for thinking things that aren't faith-based. I just really would like you to just give me a clean slate, Lord. Give me another chance to show you that I am committed to you and committed to your word, to your people. And thank you for the idea of doing this show to be able to help us to have the discussions that give us a lump in our throat sometimes, but are so needed and necessary for us to grow and blossom and develop and show up better wherever we show up. So Lord, do what you always do. Enlighten us, visit us, meet us right here. Make us better, wiser, and stronger as we come to the end of this year. We get ready for a new year, a new chapter, a new season. We just really want to be better. And I give you the praise in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. So Make sure you are subscribed to Trailblazers Radio. Hit the little bell so you can get your notifications of all the wonderful content that we have to offer. All right. And should you want to follow LHG on Facebook, you can do so. My Facebook page is called Critical Conversations. Should you want to support and help me continue to bring uh, programming to you such as this, you can do so at Cash App, dollar sign CC with LHG. You can always email me your comments. You can email me show topic suggestions at critical conversations with LHG at gmail.com. So we got that out of the way. So this is why I have been dealing with emotional wellness and now we're at emotional intelligence and social intelligence it's because i can speak for lhg i do not like how my emotions seem to get the best of me and speak louder than i want them to and let's put something in perspective not emo all emotions are bad however trauma speaks and it comes through sometimes negatively because of emotions. We are comprised of our own circumstances, our own feelings, our own experiences. So you can ask three or four people the same question and get a different answer because we are looking at things through a different filter. And I think we miss the mark because we get upset when people don't agree with us. What do you mean? Would you, if you want to know, if you ask a question to somebody, be prepared that their response may not be your response. Their response is going to go through a process mentally of what have I been through? What have I been told? What have I been taught? What do I know? What do I not know? It goes through this journey and then it comes out of a person's mouth and you may not agree. But I think if we are emotionally and socially intelligent, we can learn that disagreeing doesn't mean we can't be friends, we can't talk, we can't connect. We've got to give each other more grace and understand why we are the way we are. Because we've all been different places, different upbringings. You may have been brought up on one side of the tracks. And I may have been brought up on the other side. You may have been on the east side. I may have been on the west side. You may have been brought up Church of God in Christ. I may have been brought up Pentecostal. You may have been brought up atheist. I could have been brought up, you know, 
whatever. So we miss opportunities to engage. We miss opportunities to connect because we're so fixated on, I want to be right. I want my opinion to be documented as the be all and all opinion for everything. That's not how life works. I don't care how many degrees you have and, and God bless you all who have so many credentials. You have a degree of knowledge in a different things. That's a great thing. I love education, but that's still a degree of knowledge, a portion of knowledge. Some of this you're going to learn has to come through on the job training, on the job living, on the job experiences that will make up your opinions. So because I've dealt with this year alone in the past, anxiety, depression, panic attacks, um, suicidal thoughts, being overwhelmed, feeling underestimated, lacking confidence, financial difficulties, um, family issues and drama, all of this stuff, all of that in one brain can cause a person to be emotional a lot and can cause a person to respond emotionally to everything put before them. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's the human experience, right? And our emotions make up a pretty sizable part of who we are, our feelings and our emotions. But are we intelligent enough to know that some of those emotions and feelings may be lying to us or tricking us or making us believe Someone is trying to be shady, making us believe someone's attacking us, making us believe you're trying to hurt me. If you always showing up offended, you always showing up crying, you always showing up with, your, with, with the flex going on because you expect a jump off. The question is, where did you come from that made you react like that? Maybe you were brought up in a hostile home. Maybe you worked in a hostile environment. So before I totally cut you off and totally say, well, I don't like them. Maybe I should be emotionally intelligent and maybe ask a few questions and maybe get to know, why did you respond that way? What did you just hear me say? I say this a lot to my husband for one, because he wears hearing aids and to my husband for two, because I want him to make sure he understands my intention. And when you're married, you sometimes have to ask a person, well, what made you respond like that? Because again, you are responding based upon your own set of views, morals, experiences, circumstances, mama issues, daddy issues, whatever. So asking someone what they hear, they may tell you something like, I didn't say that. But we interpret things in our mind, y'all. Man, words are powerful. But you know what else is powerful? People's interpretation of those words can be powerful. You can say just one simple statement. I'm going to give you an example. In the workplace, emotional intelligence and social intelligence is critical because some of us lead from an emotional or non-emotional place. Do you want the too emotional boss 
or the or the boss who has zero emotion. I don't know. I kind of maybe want the in between because I understand what it's like to work with someone who feels as though emotions are your enemy. How do you do that when you're managing human beings and not robots and machines? Yes, there are your employees, but did you know that that employee has been sick or lost a spouse or a parent or whatever through COVID? That employee has some financial woes. That We tend to bring our issues into the job, whether we do it knowingly or not, especially if you're in a service job and you got to pick that phone up and smile good morning thank you for calling how may i help you that may not be easy if your day isn't going well but you still gotta bring the a game to your job though right so going back to how do you deal with the emotionless or too emotional person in any arena work family church you got to get to know people. I feel like we miss opportunities to have really good, meaningful, purposeful, mutually beneficial friendships slash relationships because we cut them off so quick because we don't understand them. Everybody is not LHG. I'm not everybody. I have to learn how to stop expecting people to respond in kind because that was my thought process. Well, I was raised by a businesswoman who pushed her way, you know, into a good job, who had a lot of stress, who was married three times, you know, lost one husband to death. Second husband was abusive. You know, I, I have so much going on in me emotionally that when you come to LHG about anything, all of that shows up, whether you see it or not, whether you know it or not. When you meet people, when you date people, when you marry people, you are going to be presented with everything that comes with that person if they allow you to be, unless they're faking it. I'm just trying to say. So I'm seeing people in turmoil. I've been a person in emotional turmoil. So I wanted to go deeper into how to be intelligent and aware of our emotions and our social interactions so that we can have the critical conversation to say, maybe I'm approaching this all wrong. Maybe I need to go back and apologize and get to know this person instead of just writing them off because we did not agree one time. That's all I'm saying. Because what I named off to you, anxiety, depression, panic attacks, People are dealing with that, sitting next to you at work, sitting next to you at church, sitting next to you in the doctor's office. You don't know what people are dealing with. And I'm going to go a little bit further and not to justify any crime, but you do not know what will take a person off next to you just enough to make them go totally postal. We call it postal. Why? Because somebody at the post office years ago went off on everybody and started shooting. The whole the whole phrase going postal came from somebody who had a snap mentally, emotionally, whatever, and took out people at the post office. It ain't funny, but we got that phrase from that. Everywhere you go, there are people 
who have the propensity to snap. That's why you have to be covered by prayer. That's why you got to be, you know, aware of your surroundings. That's why you got to know where you are at all times. That's why you got to be on the lookout. Not paranoid, but just prepared. Because you don't know the mental capacity of people. People know how to put on a suit, a dress, bundles, lashes, beautiful jewelry, makeup, and you will look at them and say, wow, they got it all together. Wow, look at them. Every hair in its place, nails done, everything manicured, pedicured. But you don't know that that person can be on the verge of an absolute hands down breakdown. That's why when you go into church and you meeting and greeting your brothers and sisters and you say, how you doing brother so-and-so, so-and-so? And they say, fine. And you hug them and they hold you tighter because they're not fine. And if the Holy Spirit starts to allow you to feel a little bit of what they feel and reveal a little bit of what's going on when they can't even mouth it, your hug is turns into an embrace because that person needed that connection. Yes, it's COVID-19. Yeah, we should be, you know, socially distanced, but human connection and human touch is so important. Y'all put your mask on and, 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 and try to give them a little hug or something. That was one of the parts about church. I missed when everything was shut down, just the, the fellowship and just hugging and, and that energy that support in the room. You just don't know what people are dealing with in the church. And that's a whole nother show, but stop thinking that Christianity is immunity to life's issues and life's circumstances. It's not immunity. It does say, and it does mean that we have a a hope in Christ, that we believe that once we are saved, that we have an eternal life that's set aside with the Lord. That's good, but we ain't there yet. We ain't at the gate. I always say that we ain't at the gate yet. We still here on the earth and we still have to know how to navigate on a human level on this earth. And the emotions that we deal with on this earth can be a little tricky. For example, my brother, Pastor Mo made a profound post. I had to share it because it was right in line with my discussion tonight about how people tend to put so much on social media, all their business. Now, I know I overshare and I said that I know because my life is an open book and I hope it can help people. So yeah, I do tend to share a lot. That's just me. But some people go so deep into stuff. Then when the opinions start coming back and the chatter starts coming, then they want to do another post and say, don't be talking about me. Well, then don't give them any ammunition. If you don't like the opinions, it's like reality TV. When they on their only shows, sleeping with everybody and cheating and doing all this stuff, they can't be mad because it's blogs and vlogs about it. You put it out there. So my brother's post was like, you putting your business out there. If you don't want people to have an opinion, Don't give them any information. And that's true because my perspective is we tend to use social media in some cases 
in replacement of a therapist. And I'm guilty. Sometimes I'll post something and I'm like, oh, that felt good. But it's just a thought that come in my head and I just post it. I got therapists. I got counselors. I got all of that. But some people go deep into a lot of really uh, sociological issues online. And some of it is okay because it does spark really good conversation. But we do have to be careful about how much we open up about because not everybody is ready to go there. And we're not doctors, so we can't fix it. But my, my brother's post also was about people who look for attention. See, I don't need to do that. I like to just communicate. I am a natural born lover of communication and connections. But some people use Facebook, Twitter or whatever social platform as a means to get likes, get, you know, hearts or whatever you want to say. And that is literally fueling them. That's dangerous. Them people don't know you and probably don't bit more care much about you. So that's not really a good solid, you know, way to say I feel loved or whatever. But we bleed on Facebook and then we want to get mad because people are giving their opinions. Well, you should have done this and you should have said and you shouldn't have done this. What do you mean? When you put it out there, when you put stuff out there, you kind of are asking people, what do you think? Even though you don't type the words, what do you think? It's called social media because you're starting a social conversation about whatever you posted. So if they like you, don't like you, despise you, hate you, low key or high key, they have a right to respond however they respond. And you can't expect them to not do that, especially if the post is juicy and intriguing. Like, oh, no, she didn't. One of my uh, other Facebook friends posted something on Facebook and it was kind of personal, you know, about, you know, y'all keep inboxing me about da, 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 da. And my response was because you put it out there. If you put it out there and you leave these questions, like people who put pictures out there of their significant other and put something over their face to hide. Why? You know, it's like, do you, you must want to invoke some level of, oh, I wonder who that is. If you don't want to show who you're dating, don't show. But this whole mystery of Mrs. Mystery, Mr. Mystery, yeah, you're going to spark some, somebody going to inbox you. Who is that? Who is that girl? Who is that man? Who are you kissing? Who is this? That's what social media is about. It invokes emotions and responses. You can't get mad about that. However, the question becomes, what's too much to expose? And you can put your response in the comments. What do you think is the line that you draw? Because I have said quite a bit on social media about my past, about my trauma. Um, and I and I did it unapologetically and I would do it again uh, because this has been my journey of healing. And a part of me doing even this show is my open journey of healing. I have not said anybody's names. Um, in any of my videos or posts, but the situations, yeah, yeah, I've had some situations in my life that I, I have really struggled to understand and I have talked about them little by little and yeah, I'm writing a whole book about it and hey, it is what it is, but I'm not trying to get attention. 
this is just me sharing my journey in hopes that we all heal together because some people just are so private that they miss the opportunity to share enough where somebody can say, I've been through that too. Let me inbox you a book I, I bought to help you. Let me inbox you my number and let's pray. Some connection is is good. I wouldn't say just, if you got a Facebook page and you never post, what's the point? You know, some connection is to me very good. It could lead to purposeful, beneficial friendships. But should you bleed it all out there? Probably not. And if you do, you better be, no, you're going you gonna to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. So tonight we're going to get into what is emotional and social intelligence? Why we need to look at how we interact with each other, be aware of our own emotions and be honest about them. And I want your input in the comments as we go along, because even though I do have my articles, you know, I come with my, you know, with my evidence here, but I have my own opinions too. And I'm sure you do as well. And I would love to know what you think about the topic. So let's start setting some groundwork and define what emotions are. And we'll get to the intelligence part in a minute. So I looked up the word emotions. Define. It says natural, instinctive state of mind, deriving from one's circumstances. Okay, where you've been, what you've been going through, whatever, your mood, how you feeling, because y'all know sometimes we can be up, down, and in between a good roller coaster. Relationships, come on here, intuitive feelings as distinguished from knowledge or reasoning. What I got from that is emotions is something that you feel on your own. I can't teach you how to feel. I can't train you on how to feel. You can be taught on how to use what you feel to engage, but your own emotions belong to you. I can't open your head up and, and peep in there and say, oh, you got a lot of emotions in there, girl. No, I can't do that. This is intuitive. It comes up in your brain, in your body, how you feel. All right, let's go further. Y'all know I came prepared now, I don't play. Psychological state comprised of thoughts, feelings, physiological changes, expressive behaviors, and inclinations to act. What inclines us to act? Our emotions. If you walk into a venue and it's crowded, I'll give you an example, and people are bumping into you, okay? And maybe they're not saying, excuse me, in the process. Now, it's a big venue. We, we had a comedy show. It's tight. You know how when you go to the Fox and that vestibule is tight and they bumping into you, they're not saying, excuse me. The person could have an emotional outburst and say, dang, get up off me. And it can turn into an altercation because they have dealt with disrespect in their life. And their trauma from being pushed, shoved, not counted, ignored, could respond in that moment to people who they don't know. And you could have a whole altercation and they'd be like, well, dang, did he just whoop her tail? What just happened? Did she just smack her? 
all because I bumped into you and didn't say excuse me. Sometimes it's done unintentionally. But the inclination to act was an emotional response. Here they go um, being mean and, and pushing me around. That ain't respecting my space. So here comes the emotion of retaliation and anger out of nowhere. The trauma came in and said, you better tell him or her, get up off you. They can't do you like that. And I could have done it and didn't even know I bumped into you. But that's the thing. When you are emotionally intelligent, you would say, ma'am, excuse me, but you you bumped into me three more, three times. I didn't want to say anything, but can you give me a little bit of space so that we can stand here and not be, you know, elbow to elbow? Different response, different result. Emotional intelligence says, mm, let me, before I say something, let me breathe. Because she didn't bump me three or four times. But I don't want to start no no fight out here and get hauled off in a police car either. And my whole family can't even see the show. So let me just tap her on the shoulder and let her know, ma'am, sir, could you stop bumping into me? Because, you know, give, can you give me a little bit of space, please? Thank you so much. Because in these stores, some of these shoppers don't know what six feet or six inches look like. They'll be up on you. You can, you can smell their breath, their garlic breath. They coffee breath, they smoking breath. And I just look around and say, could you give me some space? We do need to be socially distanced. We're in a pandemic still. And even outside the pandemic, back up. Sometimes close is just too close. But my point is, emotional intelligence says, don't pop off. Because baby, they'll call the police in a minute. Don't pop off. Take a minute. Be aware of how you feel. And just say, excuse me, sir, you're making me feel a little bit uneasy. You're making me feel. You are acknowledging how them being two centimeters close to you versus six feet is making you feel uncomfortable. And you're asking them politely to step back. That's emotional intelligence. I acknowledged how I felt. And then the social intelligence came in because I responded to them quietly that's what i'm talking about y'all because we showing up some places with a total east side jump off spirit where we don't need to now i ain't saying jump offs don't need to happen at all but for the most part in your adult life i just feel as though we can choose better words choose better actions everybody in the world is not against you I'm, that's just how I feel about it. All right. So defining emotions, they are brought on by a degree of pleasure or displeasure and maybe even body sensation. So for example, the seven basic emotions, basic, I'm not going too deep yet, just the basic ones, happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, anger, contempt, surprise, seven basic emotions that have a matching facial expression. Now, those are good because I can see on your face how you're feeling, even if your mouth doesn't say, I'm scared, I'm nervous, I'm, I'm angry, I'm sad. Sometimes I'm telling you, if you're anything like me, I may not come out and say it at first, but the face is going to give it to you before the mouth catches up. I'm that's just I'm wired that way. 
So there are other emotions, don't get me wrong, but those basic seven have a matching facial expression. Why is the facial expression important? I'm going to give you a little story. I have a, a background in training. And in every class, you have people who are embarrassed to say, trainer, teacher, LHG, I don't understand what you just did. Could you please go back? Everybody is kind of competing. It's this silent rule of competition in the room. And they want to appear to be so astute. So they don't want to be the one that, you know, makes the class stop and backtrack. So what I have learned to do in my training experience, yes, I'm I'm, I'm listening to my people, I'm, I'm answering questions, but I look at faces. I could tell when somebody understands something, their face is like, they're doing this. They're like, oh yeah, I got it. They're shaking their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they lose it and it's, it's not coming through good and they disconnect, the face is like, oh. I didn't get that. And they start looking at the book and they looking up and looking up and they looking at me and they looking at That's when I, what I do as a trainer, I'll say, you know what? That might've been a little heavy class. Let's all backtrack and let's go through that particular scenario again, just to make sure we all got it. So that way the person isn't embarrassed. I didn't call them out and say, and say, Monica, you lost. I didn't do that. I looked at her face. And notice that she has some, like, I didn't get this. Or shaking the head or or this this right here is like, mm. And I made it general. Let's all go back. Because my motto is, if one of us gets off the bus, meaning we don't understand, I'm going to back that thing up. And we're going to all ride again and get on the bus together. We're a class. We're a team. We're a family. So, Facial expressions are helpful when people aren't honest enough to say, excuse me, I'm confused. Excuse me, I'm lost. Now, LHG, I don't care what class I'm in. I could be in a class full of CEOs, CFOs, and UFOs. I don't care. If I'm lost and this is my job or my, you know, this is my training and I really want to get it, I'll say, I know you went through that two times. And I, I'm getting closer to understand it. But can you please stop and go back a little bit more? I don't have no shame in my game. But not everybody is there. Not everybody is there. So now I want to go a little bit deeper into what emotional intelligence is. And my first source is differencebetween.com. I have to cite my sources. I don't want nobody saying I took anybody's words, concepts. So differencebetween.com defines emotional intelligence as identifying and managing feelings of your own and others. Woo-wee. And the first thing that came to my mind is how in the heck can I manage somebody else's feelings? If somebody is showing me that they're hurting, that they're sad, that they're happy, that they're whatever, the way I manage is my response to it, especially if I want to have a connection with them. I want to make sure I respond in kind. Someone, someone tells you they're going to their cousin's funeral. The immediate response for me is, I'm sorry for your loss. 
for two reasons. For one, I'm innately compassionate and I have cousins and I would hate to lose any of them. For two, I work in the service industry and in our training, when someone says that, we immediately invoke empathy, an empathy statement. I am so sorry to hear that. So it's ingrained in me. So being emotionally intelligent means I'm into what I feel and I'm kind of into what you're feeling too. I'm not going to ignore that. That's especially important if you ever want to be married, have a friend, raise a kid, catch a butterfly, whatever. You need to be emotionally intelligent, right? Let's keep going. Moreover, the article says, emotional intelligence is used to make decisions for the current situation. Stop right there. So that means as an adult, a decision-making adult, we take what's happening to us right now in the present, no matter how emotionally charged it is, whatever it is, I need to use my emotional intelligence to decide how am I going to act? How am I going to respond? How am I going to show up in the world? Am I going to go berserk and get carried off in cuffs? Am I going to back up and retreat? Am I going to ask a few questions to kind of understand what's happening right now? Am I going to phone a friend? Am I going to make a post and go off? There it is. It says, for instance, we can understand the current context by identifying facial expressions. It's the ability to make a decision based upon all the parameters. How do I feel and how do they feel? Super important in relationships. It cannot be all about your feelings if you are looking to connect with anybody because you will be by yourself forever. You will die alone. Even the nurse may not even want to help you get better. We, the human experience just means we are entitled to feel how we feel. Where it came from, I can't solve that. But if I have a friend, a person who I care about, a person who I know has had my back, and they say something to me that made me feel a certain kind of way, the emotionally intelligent person would say, internally first, because it's got to be an introspective First, it would say, now LHG, before you go off and just say something off the wall, can we just sit in, in the fact that we feel a little hurt by what they said? Okay, sit there for a minute. Now, LHG, before you go off, have they ever done that before? Should you be saying, why did you say that? Or should you shut them off and be like, I'm done with you? Make a decision, boo. So I go through the track record. Okay, this happened to me today. Even if someone says something to you that you don't like, ladies and gentlemen, adults of the galaxy, if you know that person enough and they've been a part of your life long enough and they have a track record to be in your corner, love you through ups, downs, all around. But on this one occasion, second occasion, maybe third occasion, they said something to you that ruffled your feathers, got your knee highs rolling down, got your right guard turning left. 
got your secret telling on you, then you need to be intelligent enough to say, dear person, when you said X, Y, Z, you made me feel A, B, C, period. What does that do? It gives that person a chance to say, did I hurt your feelings? I apologize. That was not my intent. I love you, girl. You're my friend. I said that because of blank. We don't give people that kind of grace anymore. We so quick to like, I'm done with them. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be done with people, but are you done because you should be done or because you didn't want to have a conversation with them? We, we tend to avoid, we tend to avoid talking to each other. And what we will do, get this, instead of calling a person up and saying, you made me feel like this when, we'll call everybody else who knows them mutually. Come on here. We will have the audacity to try to create a campaign trail because if I'm mad at her, I want you mad at her. How childish is that, y'all? Come on. When all you have to do is pick up the phone and say, can we talk or can we have lunch? That's if you value the relationship. Now, if there ain't no value to you and you don't want to deal with that's on you. But I'm talking about people who have been your ride or die, who have been there for you through ups, downs. They've seen your bad. They've seen your good. They've seen you with your wig on and off twisted with your slip hanging. And they come behind you and say, girl, come here. You come here, come here, come here, come here. That kind of friend. People ain't perfect. People have a bad day. So if you got something from me on one occasion, that made you feel a certain kind of way. To me, you owe it to me. You owe that to me to bring it to me. Don't call my friend. Don't ask my neighbor. Listen, come to me so that we can talk that thing through. Don't go around. Call That's gossip. Don't go around calling my friends that you know. Girl, you know what Tanya did? She said da 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 da, -da. And guess what, friend? If they call you about LHG, do me a favor. Send them back to me. Don't even entertain that mess. We're talking about emotional and social intelligence. Stop being the recipient of that mess. She did what, girl? Girl, you know, that's how she is. She did that to me. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because I question people who always are the ones people call with that crap. Some stuff won't ever make it to my friends. It stopped with me. Let me, let me get that phone call. Let LHG get that phone call and you talk crap about my sister. You talking crap about my child or whatever. Baby, I'm going to cut you up so, so thin sliced like a butcher and you ain't even going to know you've been cut. And my friend ain't even going to ever know you called me. She ain't even got to know. Because I'm going to tell you, if you got a problem with so-and-so, hang up from me now and call so-and-so yourself. Because I ain't got nothing to do with what y'all beefing about. Don't pull me into it. I ain't no material witness. I'm not co-signing it because it wasn't about me. Hang up from me and you go to the source. We have got to be emotionally intelligent enough to have the uncomfortable conversations to preserve 
meaningful relationships and stop throwing it away over stupid stuff. Everybody needs somebody. We so hard. We so thuggish, ruggish bone. That we, nah, you ain't going to talk to me like that. That's how I was raised. That's what I was told. Don't disrespect me. But what did I say that was disrespectful? I just told you how I felt. Can't we just just agree to disagree that we just feel differently about that? And you, if you look at social media, man, it's full of posts about people hating on them. No, I it may not be that. They just might have disagreed with you or have a different perspective. That's two different dynamics. Everybody ain't hating on you. Are you that wonderful that everybody hating on you? That just seems so arrogant to me. Now, true enough, you might have some show enough, bona fide, jealous-hearted, hateful haters. I ain't saying that they don't exist. But at the end of the day, we're not intelligent enough to be emotionally aware. Can I be aware of why did that bother me so much? I'm going to be, let me be transparent. I got an email and it was rather long. So first of all, that was, that was, that was strike one. I don't like emails that are too long because nine times out of 10, it should probably be a conversation. Within the email were trigger words. There are certain phrases for LHG. This is just me talking that make me feel a certain emotion. If you email me and say, Latanya, it has been brought to my attention. Man, I almost clock out. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm in the principal office or somebody then snitched and snitches get stitches. I mean, the it has been brought to my attention part. Oh my gosh. And then it go on to say, well, I've been told that you did da 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 wrong, okay? And they go on to say how I messed something up. And then they have this next line. Listen to this. And going forward, you might think that phrase means nothing. But for me, a person who takes pride, I mean, serious pride in my business savvy and in my work ethic and in my you know, willingness to learn and grow and acknowledge my mistakes. When I read that and going forward, to me, that said, you messed up and now do something different. Problem was the person who emailed me never talked to me about what was brought to their attention. So we back on he say, she say. So because someone came to you with something negative about me, instead of you saying, LHG, can we talk so I can see if this is really true? You gonna email me and go cutthroat. It was brought to my attention that you jacked this up and because you jacked it up, this got messed up, this got messed up and I had to do this and do that and you're incompetent and going forward, baby, when I replied, I, before I hit send, I had to pray in my heavenly language in alto soprano and tenor because I knew that response would get me fired. But what I did, I stopped. I read the response. I went toward the sin button like, oh, I want to push you. I want to push sin. Oh, 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 I want to push sin so bad. No, girl, because you go, oh, you need this job. 
I sat in my emotions for a moment and said, now why didn't she pick up the phone and call me? You don't blast nobody in no five paragraph email only on the premise of what somebody else has told you without giving your person that you you know are over an opportunity to talk to you about it who does that hashtag where they do that at so i picked the phone up because here's the thing some people will hide behind email blast you cut you have you bleeding have you unrecognizably bleeding to avoid a conversation with you I don't like it. If you got the balls to write that kind of email to me, you should have the audacity to pick up the phone and talk to me first. Because that means whoever brought that to your attention had your ear so tight that they convinced you of my wrongdoing without you doing your due diligence and talking to me first. That's not intelligent at all, emotionally or or any otherwise. And we do that with each other in relationships and in work capacities. Somebody put a bug in our ear. You shouldn't like them because they did this and this and this to me. And you already established a prejudgment or an opinion based on what somebody else's issue was with them. So now I don't like them. Why don't I like them? I don't know because my girl said she a trip. My girl said... But did that happen with you and them? That can turn out to be a person who blessed your whole life. But you jumped on that campaign trail of somebody else don't like them. And now you don't like them. That is immature and emotionally unintelligent to me. But it happens so often. So when I picked the phone up and I called the person who sent the email, okay? And I said to them, I want to share my screen with you. And I want to show you something. Since you called me out on doing the XYZ process wrong, can you watch me perform the XYZ process on my screen? And we did. And guess what happened, y'all? I wasn't wrong. There was something in the formula or behind the scenes that had nothing to do with LHG that caused those numbers to turn out wrong. And instead of this person taking in the information, tabling it, and then bringing it to me and saying, what do you think, LaTanya? They're saying this was wrong. I would have have said, let's do it together. Let's walk through it together. And they would have seen that I wasn't wrong. But now you didn't offended me. Got me all in an uproar. I'd have had a panic attack. My head hurts. My neck is hurt because of stress. Because who wants to get an email that's five pages long about what you didn't do right? That don't feel good to nobody. But we're not emotionally intelligent in the workplace or outside the workplace. We got to learn how to avoid conversations or not avoid conversations and just type it. You can't text everything. You can't email everything. Sometimes you're going to have to pick up that dang on phone and call and say, girl, I don't want to keep going back and forth because we're getting into a deeper hole. Can we just talk this through or meet for lunch? I want to look at your face and hear your voice because I can be getting offended for nothing. We are talking about understanding 
why we feel the way we feel and finding out if we should feel this way or not. Because we are running rampant with these emotions that come from other stuff and people get penalized for it and they shouldn't. And it hurts. It hurts. Let's keep going, y'all. So emotional intelligence, it, it involves Number one, being aware of your own emotions. Be real. Number two, applying emotions to how you solve problems and how you think. Number three, emotion management by being able to control your feelings and handle the emotions of others tastefully without falling out all the time, without hooping and hollering all the time. All right, let's go to what is social intelligence, y'all. I'm going somewhere, so hang in there with me, y'all. I'm going somewhere. Differencebetween.com says social intelligence is gained by day-to-day life experiences, understanding different personalities. Come on here, somebody, and learning from success and failures. Wow. It's referred to as common sense. Baby, my mama said common sense ain't common. Sometimes we can also interpret social intelligence as a skill of a person who can get along with society well and get others cooperation. So if you that kind of person, every family got one of these people. If you got that kind of person in your family who can't get along with nobody, they fall out with everybody. Ain't nobody able to deal with them. That a problem and why are they like that what happened to them in their lifetime in their childhood in their adolescence in their teenage years whatever pre-teens whatever that would make them so hard and nine times out of ten some kind of traumatic something or someone betrayed them and they don't trust people but we got to work on that if we want to be socially and emotionally intelligent. Let's keep going. Social intelligence helps to make decisions for the future. How am I going to govern myself accordingly based on what I know and what I feel? Okay. So after you have a conversation and you sit in the fact that I am officially offended, okay, you sit there and you have an internal conversation. Now, I'm offended. Are we going to smack them? Are we going to walk away? Are we going to tell them how we feel? Are we going to do A, B, or C? So here comes the social intelligence. I'm going to choose to say to this person, you hurt my feelings. You made me feel disrespected, belittled, attacked when you told me this. Social intelligence. Now that I know how I feel, What will I do in the future? As opposed to, I ain't talking to you no more or cussing them out or having an adult tantrum. We got to do better, y'all. Some of us good and grown times 10. Gray hair, calluses, bunions, and onions. And we still can't seem to have an adult conversation without going off. You need Jesus and therapy 80 20 
or 6040 because you can't survive like that and connect with people like that. No. So the article says, for instance, you use your knowledge and expertise to improve your career. In other words, social intelligence helps us to survive and achieve success. So it's helping us to build meaningful, purposeful, long-lasting relationships when we should. Is everybody meant to be your long-term buddy or pal? No. But emotional and social intelligence also helps you determine which people should be in the friend category, which should be in the acquaintance category, which should be in the comrade category, which should be in the my sister category, which should be in the bestie category, and which is I don't deal with you by any means necessary because you're crazy category. Determining which category to compartmentalize people you meet in. That's being emotionally and socially intelligent. Not everybody is out to hurt you. Not everybody is out to sabotage your career or, and I'm another story. Yeah. I had someone tell me that. I believe that you are out here to sabotage me, LHG. And I, I almost fell on the ground and rolled over and kicked my feet. Like you must don't know me. I am the person that will cheerlead you from the sidelines, pom-poms, popcorn, cotton candy, and all. When I know it's a star out there and someone that's grinding and got star quality, I'm like, I want to help. What can I do to further your career and, and help you and mentor and coach and, and be your buddy? I do that. I don't sabotage nothing. I can barely spell sabotage. But people, she brought that because in previous situations, people had done that to her. Didn't really have a lot to do with me per se, but because of that person's previous experiences of people micromanaging or, um, you know, always asking questions or bringing, a, bringing light to errors. I'm like, well, that's what leaders have to do. Leaders can't just give you all rewards. They have to have the discussions about something that went wrong. I get those too. I don't do everything right. I got to be able to take, take the good and the bad to grow. But you can't afford to penalize everybody else because of what somebody in your past has done. That's just not fair. I wasn't there. But I was glad to find out and I specifically asked, did this happen to you before? And I'm glad they were honest and said, yeah, I've had people riding me and pushing me. And I'm like, well, I'm not that. I will reach out. I will call. I will connect. But I'm not I'm not going to do it in a way where it makes you feel as though I don't value you. I've had leadership training and I've had good leaders in my life that have showed me and good upbringing in a, in a sense that showed me how to value good people, how to value good employees. It doesn't make you perfect because you do a good job. You still make errors. I still have to check you, your work. I still have to approach you if something goes wrong, but I never do it in a way that's condescending. I'll say, can we talk about this? Let's walk it through together. 
But people bring those emotional barriers to work, to church, to social clubs. And we you, you kind of get it. Like, man, they stuffy. What's wrong with you? But I want us to learn how to be emotionally intelligent. All right. We are at the top of the hour. I think. Let me check my time here. I want to run my commercial and I'm going to come back and we're going to wrap up our discussion on social and emotional intelligence. Give me just a moment. Hello, everybody. This is LHG. I am just coming to let you know that I am an independent paparazzi jewelry consultant. You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know. So I would love to be your personal jewelry lady. Paparazzi is an amazing company. We sell nickel and lead free jewelry. We are known for our $5 bling, but you just need to know there is an exclusive Z collection that's $25. It's a bling of all bling when you're really going out on the town and you want to show up absolutely fabulous. So we have items for women. For men and for young fashionistas out there, we don't discriminate. If you need it, I'm sure we got it. You have the opportunity to follow my page on Facebook called Polished on Purpose, a VIP group. Follow my personal page, which I hear is good. And I have my own website that is at your disposal 24-7. So many ways to shop. So let me be the one that makes sure you are accessorized the way you should be because I want you to be polished on purpose. My mentor always tells me, when you show up, people are checking you out, they're watching you. So why not be polished, be poised, be purposeful. Glam it up with pop, honey, I got what you need. All right, welcome back, welcome back. So the first hour we learned and talked about what emotions are and we talked about what emotional and social intelligence is and just to summarize that part of the show the difference between the two where social intelligence is basically our ability to interact with other people how we fit in into society okay how we react to others and emotional entail is our how we learn our own feelings and they both go really close to each other. I feel like if you aren't in tune to your own feelings, how can you be in tune or fit into a society successfully? I think you will always be off kilter if you don't even know why you feel the way you feel. You don't even realize you're popping off. You don't even realize you always crying. You don't even realize that you can't talk to everybody about nothing and, and, and not make it about you. You don't even realize that you're shady. You don't even realize that no one can even say anything to you without you snapping. If you don't realize that, how, how can you be socially intelligent? How can you have a conversation, a dialogue, and it really be effective? I don't know if you can. So now what I want to talk about this hour is, so why is it important to know how intelligent you are in these two areas. And but this time, the article that we're going to now is the Seattle Christian Counseling article on how to improve emotional intelligence. All right, let's go. 
first of all, why is it important? Number one, because you want to improve your relationships. That's that's one thing. If you want to be able to connect with other people, you want to have friends, you want to have a spouse, you want to have kids, you want to be able to talk to people and understand them and they understand you, then yeah, you should be paying attention. All right. Secondly, it can improve your life at work. Because think about it, if you work, even if you work at home, you still have to have interaction depending on what you do with people, even if it's through Teams or through Skype or through email, whatever. There is still some line of communication, right? So being emotionally intelligent helps you to make sure that when you're having those exchanges, you're doing so diplomatically, professionally, and you still are reading into it when there's some emotion involved. Me, the kind of person I am when I'm leading my team, I get to know them as human beings. I get to know things about them that are important to them, whether it's they lost a spouse recently, they lost a child, um, just you learn different things about them so that you can connect. I learned that connecting with people makes them want to be productive. I'm not a drill sergeant or taskmaster. But my job is to encourage you so much, make you feel so valued that you want to work hard, that you want to do a lot and go over and beyond. That's how I approach it. So just making sure that we know where we at with emotional and social intelligence. Emotional intelligence helps you identify emotions, integrate of you and other people, by the way, helps you integrate emotions into your thought process. I feel this way or they feel this way. What are we going to do now? Helps you effectively process complex emotions and regulate your emotions while dealing with people. Some of us have emotions that are making us run wild. Nobody can talk to us. Nobody can be honest with us. And you are shortchanging yourself. If they're not telling you, Hey, telling somebody else you crazy. Okay, let's just be honest. Self-awareness, self-regulation, internal motivation, empathy. That's a big word in the, in the line of business I'm in is empathy. It's a big word, period. People are going through things. No matter what capacity you know people in, business, friendship, church, this, this is universal. Have empathy care about people genuinely all right so let's get into the meat of this now being emotionally and socially intelligent can help improve your physical health according to this article it can help improve your sociological health it can help encourage success academically and in business improve relationships solve your personal problems and big ones It can lower your stress. Ooh, baby. When you're dealing with your own emotions and you're trying to ignore them, hide them, subdue them, that can be stressful because they're not going anywhere. You can try to avoid the person for as long as you can. But trust me, those emotions are still brewing. And Either you're going to talk to them or you're going to get you some therapy so that you can move on. Because stress kills. And when it comes to dealing with other people, some people just have a natural personality to want to push your buttons. You ever met someone like that? 
you can't get a word in edgewise. They make everything about them. They hoop and holler. They control the conversation. You can't get a complete thought out. And that is stressful. However, having emotional and social intelligence says, if you love them, and if you see a benefit in connecting to them, tell them about themselves. Stop normalizing letting people be rude and you don't say nothing. Well, that's just how auntie is. No, auntie. I had an auntie like that. May she rest in peace. Big auntie was mean. And she had all these so-called spiritual children because she was one of them real hell, fire and brimstone kind of preachers. And that's, it, you know, I get it in that particular time. I get it. And the word is the word. But she was so forceful. If you don't buy this Avon, you're going to go to hell. No, auntie, you can't. You know, that can't be a sales pitch. If you don't buy this skin so soft, your skin going to fry in the liquor fire. That ain't right. That ain't right. But she was so, she had a mean streak. She would say stuff that would be so insulting, disrespectful, and it would just come out with like no effort. And nobody said nothing to her. She had a way of treating people so horribly. So when it got to the point of my, my dealings with her, I shut down because, girl, what you eating? What they feeding you? You, you getting bigger and bigger. I can't stand when old people sidebar. Why y'all do that? You getting so big. I mean, say tall. You getting tall. You're getting so big. You got to stop all this eating. And a lot of older people do that. And I love elders. I'm about to be my uh, elder in about 15 minutes myself. But y'all stop saying that to people. Stop it. It's embarrassing and it's hurtful. But anywho, all of my life, Big Auntie had been mean to people. And nobody would sit her down and say, you treat people so horribly, but you want them to buy your Avon. You treat people so this, but you claim to be a Christian and a preacher. Don't you know that to proclaim Jesus Christ, you should have love in your heart? You got to be the most hatefulest, heathenest preacher I ever met. Nobody said that, but you know who did? I wrote her a letter. I didn't say it to her face now. You can call it cowardly if you want, but I still, I wrote her a letter and I said, Auntie, I may only be 12 or 13. But I'm going to get you, get you to, to clear on what your family is saying about you. We say, you mean. The community says, you mean. You forceful, you mean, you rude. You've been put out of different churches because you keep talking back to the preacher. We couldn't even have her funeral at a church because she was known for hooping and hollering and talking back to the preacher. That scripture ain't right. You ain't right. Be quiet. Be quiet. So in my letter to her, I, it was a two or three good page letter. And I said, Auntie, I love you. But it's something about you that you you just, you ooze forcefulness and meanness and rudeness. I didn't ask her why. I just said, I want to spend more time with you, but I can't because of how you make me feel and how you've made my family feel. You've been mean to my grandmother. 
You've been mean to the sweetest person I know that helped raise me. So you better be glad I'm coming over there ready to rumble. But in all due respect, Big Auntie, you gotta you gotta think about it because if you don't harness these emotions and this anger, you're gonna die alone. I said that at 12. You can call it what you want. I was just tired of everybody talking about how mean she is and not telling her. I got tired of that. So I wrote the letter. I don't know if she ever read it. I don't know. I mailed it to her house, but she was a hoarder, so it could have got lost. I don't know. I digress. But at the end of her life, it was my mother who took care of her and made sure she got what she needed as she was transitioning out of here. All them spiritual kids that she claimed she had, we didn't hear from them. They didn't send no money to help put her in a nice casket. All across the country, oh, I got daughters in California. Oh, I got daughters in New Mexico. I got daughters here. When it came to the end of her life, those people could have said she was so mean. I don't want to have anything to do with her. And that's sad. Somebody could have just said, Mother Harrison, we love you. We understand that the Bible says if you don't accept Christ and, and be saved, that you face, you know, eternity in the lake of fire. We get that. But when you come into our barbershop, literally beating us on the back of our head with the Bible, making us buy this thing on Avon. I thought she owned Avon. I thought she owned it. And I'm not, no shade to the company Avon, but I thought she owned it because she sold it for so long and didn't have a regular job. But anyway, somebody should have said either individually or together. Can we talk to you, auntie or mother Harrison? We really respect you. Being a woman of God, we really love you, but you really have an abrasive way of coming across. Every church has somebody like that. Every family has that one person that just rubs everybody the wrong way and is can kind of be mean-spirited. And why we don't say something to them, like, I love you, but here's how you make me feel. I think we lose we lose the sense of, of togetherness and, and love. Maybe you think it'll hurt their feelings, but if they didn't hurt yours 200 times, maybe theirs need to be hurt. I faced that in the last couple of years with someone who I love dearly that has been in my life for, for decades. And I would never tell her how she made me feel, how she hurt my feelings. But over time, what it did, it kept compounding. And I will, I will always have an excuse. Oh, she just, she just going through something. So eventually as I got older and wiser and something else happened that she did that rubbed me the wrong way, I lost it on her. I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I didn't go overboard, but I, she got some stern words from me because everybody decided they didn't want to address it. I'm like, you really hurt me. When you did this, you really hurt me when you going behind my back saying stupid stuff and claiming love me. Don't do that. I don't want no fake friends. I don't want no people in my area, in my circle that don't really like me, but you claim to love me or you want to be around me. Don't do that. So what did it cost me? It cost me that relationship, but I'm at peace. 
because I had to finally say after 20 years, you ain't right. You have hurt me and countless other people long enough. Stop letting these people in your family cut up and making that junk normal and making the kids just have to deal with the insults about their size or their color or they lack of hair or whatever. Stop making that being mean can't be normalized. No, especially these people who claim to profess Jesus to Christ. That doesn't go together, y'all. Stop normalizing it. And every every family got in every church probably got that one mother, that one older person. And may not be older, that one person that's set in their ways, don't want to hear reason. Well, guess what? I'm at the point now at 40 and seven years old, I don't have to deal with you. If I'm being emotionally and socially intelligent enough to confront you in love, okay? That's the key. To confront you in love about how you make me feel. But yet you still, you still won't tone it down you still won't be kind i can cut my losses and protect my peace and be like i tried and sleep real good at night honey and snore yeah and snore <laughs> but anyway so let's talk about this how do you know how do you know if you are emotionally intelligent or not because this article gives us some suggestions and some, some points that will help us to know kind of where we stand in our emotional intelligence. So here we go. According to the very well mind, low emotional intelligence refers to the inability to accurately perceive emotions in yourself and others and use that information to guide your thinking and actions. If you constantly have struggles in relationships, there could be a possibility, not all the time, but there could be a possibility that you are emotionally unintelligent. If you have no friends at all, no close relationships, because maybe you come across abrasive, you don't engage, it could be because you, you have not reached a level of emotional or social intelligence to be able to have a conversation without blowing off steam or going crazy. Real talk, real talk. If everybody tells you that you're mean and you don't know how to talk to people, then everybody can't be crazy. Maybe you ought to do some self-reflecting and say, how am I showing up in my social life or if I have a social life? When you don't have anybody who wants to invite you to anything or they'll invite you and still be like, oh, I hope I ain't making a mistake by inviting them. Then, yeah, you may have some growing to do in the area of emotional intelligence. If you have poor coping skills, okay, you don't know how to make sense of your own emotions. You just go mayhem and just go crazy or you hide your emotions. Or you avoid having an emotional conversation or you avoid confrontation. I just don't want to be arguing. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to argue. Everything doesn't have to be an argument. 
But some conversations, as my show is called Critical Conversations, some need to be had. Your voice needs to be heard so people can know how they're making you feel. Hiding it doesn't do anything but compound it. And you turn into a ticking time bomb. A lot of people who you see on the news that are running through these schools and shooting people, running through these malls and shooting people, on the freeway, out the window shooting people, something went wrong emotionally. Their coping skills were poor. They definitely needed some emotional and social intelligence to understand and process whatever anger they were feeling, and no matter how far it went back, yesterday or 20 years ago. And I'm not justifying these crimes at all. I'm saying not being emotionally intelligent puts you closer to being a ticking time bomb and losing it when one person pushed that button who just met you, don't know you, and you will go off on them and give them all the drama that you should have gave them people that hurt you 25 years ago. What else? Behaving insensitively. If you don't have good emotional intelligence and you are the kind of person that's insensitive, case in point, when COVID started, when it was real hot and schools closed in terms of having in schools, you know, classes and they did the hybrid or the online. We experienced in the workplace, um, people wanted to work at home because their children are not at home. And if you have small kids, they can't log on and have a class without a parent. So in the workplace, we had to become flexible with how we work. We had to find computers and, and find ways to get them to be able to log on at home because COVID shut stuff down. Well, guess what? Some people was like, I don't believe that. They can come to work. Do you have kids? No. Then you don't know what it's like to have a child that can go to school every day, come home at the end of the day, or get picked up and do latchkey. Then you come home from work, and now that's gone. No daycares, no schools. So now you got your five, six-year-old at home. You can't leave them at at home by themselves. But some people insensitively would say, I don't know what the big deal is. Why are they calling off? Because their babysitter bailed on them. Well, are you going to go watch the kids? So that means that person has not low emotional intelligence, no intelligence emotionally, because you're being insensitive to their predicament. All right? Making conversations always about you. No matter who calls you and says, girl, listen to this. And they go into their story and you find a way, well, girl, I did that too. And girl, this is what happened to me. And girl, I was going to buy that same dress. It all has to be about you. Hey, Kia, I see my Kia in the comments. If It, it always has to be about you and not about what your friend needs from you. You are not emotionally intelligent. Let your friends, your sisters, your your people have a moment to empty out. Let them get it out. And don't listen to snap back or fix it or condemn them or make them feel guilty. Listen enough so that they can empty out and breathe. And then if they ask you, what do you think? 
what should I do, then chime in. But every discussion should not find its way to be back about you. All right, next. People who have a lot of emotional outbursts, you can't talk to them for 10 minutes without them hollering, screaming, crying, falling out. Something is going on with them emotionally. I can say in my experience, I have someone that I know that's like that and it pulls on me because I never know what bag they're going to come out of. Can you pray for me? Oh, and I'm like, I don't mind praying, but we didn't pray this same prayer since 1975. And what what's going on? I know I can get a prayer through. But people who are constantly lashing out emotionally, overly, overly reactive, overly abrasive, everything set them off. There is something emotionally unintelligent about them. And that's not to insult you. It just means you need to be aware of your feelings and manage them better. Blaming others for all of your problems. And I'm going to say this in all honesty, people who have gone through trauma, it's easy for us to, to blame the perpetrator for, well, if this hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't have blank. But you only can do that for so long. Yes, it happened. We get it. You didn't like it. You didn't deserve it. Excuse me, y'all. But at some point as an adult, you're going to have to pull up your pull up your bootstraps and say, I'm moving on. So everything that you do cannot be blamed on somebody else. Not everything all the time, y'all. So those are ways to, to know when you may need some help in the area of emotional intelligence. Okay. Now we're getting ready to wrap this up. So how do you, how do you fix it? Now that we identify who needs help, how do you fix it? If this is hitting home for you and you say, well, she just described me. What do I do? The article suggests, this is seattlechristiancounseling.com on how to improve emotional intelligence through Christian counseling. This is a really good guy. Really good guy. So how do you improve? Number one, identify and name your emotions. Ooh-wee. It may sound simple, but many of us have been out of touch, out of reach, not willing to sit in how we feel. Maybe we are embarrassed. Maybe we are a man versus a woman because maybe some people feel like men are emotional and women are. I personally think we all are emotional beings. We're human. We just all show our emotions differently. And from what I what I've seen in how boys slash men are raised, they're raised to not have any emotion. Two kids on the bike. A little girl falls and hurts herself. A little boy falls and hurts himself. The little girl's gonna get coddled. Oh, come in, little shoo shoo. Oh, my baby didn't hurt her knee. Bad, bad cement. I'm gonna spank the cement. You didn't hurt my baby. Oh, they're coming in. They're gonna rock her. They're going to rock that baby. Don't cry, baby. Ooh. Let, let, little, let little rerun fall off the bike. In most cases, boy, get up. That ain't hurt you. That little scrape, that blood ain't nothing. 
I see it's going down the freeway. That don't, that don't matter. You just bleeding a lot. That's okay. You're going to live. Live, 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 live. But that is how we do young boys in a lot of cases. Many men were brought up like that. You better not cry. You a man. Don't you ever let anybody see you cry. And unfortunately, decades later, many of those men are now facing emotional difficulties in their relationships today. Because it was said to them all their lives, don't you dare let a tear come out your eye. That means you wimpy. That means you a punk. That means you a girl. I'm just telling you what I know. Maybe it's changed in the current generations, but I'm just saying there's been a disparity between how girls and boys are raised in terms of emotions. Girls can cry all day long. A little boy cry and he, don't you cry. What's wrong with you? Something wrong with my son. No, ain't nothing wrong with your son. He a human. Let him cry. He hurt. His leg broke. And you're going in and get a band-aid. What's wrong with you? So we end up suffering because sometimes the indoctrination that we have growing up is off. It's off. And then here we are in our adult life trying to go backwards and make up for all the pent up emotions we had and we lamp at the feet of our spouse or our friends or our boss or our coworker. So number one way to improve your emotional intelligence is identify and name your emotions. If you feel it, call it what it is. Because you can't regulate what you don't even acknowledge can't number two ask for feedback the article says ask for feedback y'all it says ask someone close to you how well you handle conflict oh it's gonna be good ask them how well you express empathy and how well you respond under stress we did this kind of a task or or game or whatever in leadership training and we, we had to ask a coworker to fill out a little questionnaire about us. You would be amazed when you ask somebody who knows you and you ask them about you, you would be amazed at what some of the answers are. And they ain't being shady, they being truthful. You might think you handle stress very well. But your spouse, your kids, your coworker might be like, you crazy. You go off way too much. But in order to improve, you're going to have to be willing to listen to the opinions of somebody who knows you, still loves you, but they've watched you over time and they're concerned about you. Number three, this is a real good one. Read. It says that a lot of people who don't have emotional intelligence need to read more to become more sensitive to other people and read books that deal with um maybe like different kind of books that involve like stressful situations and so to understand somebody else's point of view because if you always hard but you read a book about someone's uh cancer battle or someone's battle you know with with homelessness maybe the article suggests that maybe if you read a book, that will give you more empathy. I say, don't just read, get out there. 
join some groups. It's Facebook groups. It's, it's book clubs. A person to me who lacks empathy and concern just needs to be around more humans. That's just my opinion. And listen to people's story. Go to testimony service. You know, just, just go online and scroll. I mean, we going through so much. But just getting out and telling your story, listening to people's story, support groups, maybe something like that will help trigger like, wow, I do need to be more grace, gracious and empathetic to people. So we're getting ready to wrap this, this show up. We have talked about what are emotions, what is emotional and social intelligence. We have talked about the difference between the two, how you can improve your emotional intelligence, why it's important to do so. And make sure you are commenting. I want to know from your perspective, when you think about yourself, let's talk about just talking about you, just you right now. Are you well in tune to your own emotions? Are you honest with yourself first about how you feel as you go day to day? Okay. Second part, socially. If someone does rub you the wrong way, send you an email you don't like, say something that hurts you, um, ruffles your feathers. Are you intelligent enough to say, this hurt me. Now what do I do? I want to take it to that person. I want to say to them, you made me feel this way. I want to give them an opportunity to tell me if my feelings are valid in terms of their intentions. So you could feel one way, but what were their intentions when they said or did what they said or did? I'm telling you, our trauma, our trauma becomes a barrier when it comes to being emotionally intelligent. The, the traumatic response will always have you going off the deep end. It will always have you thinking it's you against the world. Will always have you thinking and side-eyeing people. And that's a dangerous place to be in. It is. It is. So I want you, if you're watching, if you're listening, drop a comment on how you feel you personally handle your own emotions. Okay? Do you feel you express them in an adult way? Okay? Or do you feel you could use some help in that capacity? That's part one. Secondly, when it comes to your dealings with your social network, are you comfortable with where you are and how you show up in your relationships, your marriage? Do you know how to effectively communicate how you feel? Or do you think that that person can read your mind? I don't care if you've been married to that person 50 years. If there is something that you need from them or want from them and they didn't pick it up, don't get mad. Open up your mouth. Closed mouth, don't get fed. I'm just, I only got almost five years into marriage. So I'm still, I am still learning. 
I'm still learning right now. So, but to make it last, emotional and social intelligence is so important. Hold on one second, y'all. I got a message from my baby. We got a troll in here. And I want to get those comments blocked. So when you are, even if you're just dating, even if you feel that you're ready for marriage, you need to find out where am I on the emotional and social intelligence scale? What's my IQ in those areas? Because if you're dating someone, and I'm going to put myself on the line. When I was dating, I dated, I would say aggressively. What do I mean by that? If I like somebody and if I felt that I wanted, you know, it to turn into something nice, then yeah, I was the one who set the dates up. I was the one that would say, okay, when we going out, you ain't planning it. I'm a plan. You're too slow. When we going out, you know, let's make a move. You know, I'm the one sitting down there might be having a seven up and a, a chicken wing thinking about what our wedding colors was going to be because I was fixated on marriage. I felt that marriage was the cure all to loneliness and my emotional instability fueled it. I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel beautiful. So I thought that a, a relationship or another person making me feel good about myself was the cure. And it's not. And I had to learn that. I had to learn that. So even in your dating being socially and emotionally intelligent means you got to be careful when you're out here with these people. And if they're, if you're in a conversation and someone does respond to you in a way that makes you go, mm, maybe ask a few more questions. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know. Maybe not be so quick to say, oh, I don't like you. I mean, you you know who's compatible and who's not, but sometimes we don't have enough grace, even in dating. And that's why conversation is so key. If you're talking to somebody and you're dating and they don't want to have a dialogue and they want to just lay around and lay up and lay in, mm -mm. in that case, keep it moving. Conversation and effective communication helps you learn about that person, about their past, their present, their future, and then you can intelligently decide if that person is worthy of another date. You got to ask questions. And I'm not saying that you got to do it in an interrogative way, like law and order. There's conversational ways to ask those important questions and pull out and probe to get good information out of somebody when you're looking to get to know them. There's ways to do it. But those of you who are in a marriage already and you're looking to increase your emotional and social intelligence, listening to each other is always a good start. And that's where my husband and I, we are working on that. We are two different individuals. We have different backgrounds. We are different in age. We grew up together in church, but that was 35 years ago. So we are different people. We're, we're the adult versions of those children now. So what was what was puppy love and chasing each other around the church then, we had to create 
an adult version of us to see if this could be a cohesive marriage. And yep, we fell in love and we have had a good time. We've had ups, we had downs, but the process of being emotionally intelligent means I have to ask some questions. And sometimes people don't want to be asked questions because they feel that that's intrusive. Well, I feel me being the communications major from UAD, you know, Mercy, and wanting to be a newscaster and, and having a, a podcast, I love communication. And being a trainer, I love questions because it shows me that you care. To me, asking questions means you thought enough about the subject to say, hmm, I want to know more. But you flip it around, some people can take questions as, you think I'm stupid, you think I'm not smart, you're condescending, you're belittling. So you get to know one another's triggers and you make adjustments. Maybe I'm coming across a little bit too forcefully. I am my mama's daughter and we are business women. We come across like, here, question number one, number two, number three. And that's good for work, but that might not be good for a relationship. It may not be. So when you're looking at being emotionally and socially intelligent, you're looking at friendships, the non-romantic friendships, sister to sister. I'm the kind of person that anybody who knows me has been around me longer than 14 days should know when I call you, sis, it may not mean we best friends, but it's a term of endearment for me. I have a level of respect for you. It could be that we're Facebook friends. It could be that we are church sisters. It could be that we are co-workers. I use that word and I've seen people say that, that we use it too loosely. But for me, it has different meaning, but it is respect and endearment. Okay, I found like you ain't gonna call you my sister, period. However, when LHG shows up in a friendship and you can ask the ones who have been my friends for decades, she can say some stuff that's crazy. She can be a little abrasive in her tone she could get on your nerves but at the end of the day when i say i am your friend when i say i love you and i care about you i mean that but i also hold my friends accountable if this is going to be a two-way you no know, reciprocated beneficial purpose or friendship I'm going to be looking for you to, to return some of that as well. And sometimes friendships can be very one-sided. And that's where some of the emotions go out of whack. You constantly giving, 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 calling and checking in, praying for, encouraging, but the other friend is nowhere around when you need them. That's enough to set anybody's emotions off whack especially if it's a long-term friendship but the question becomes what happened what changed with us and maybe that's worthy of a conversation hey friend hey sis hey bro you got a minute i noticed that you know when i reach out to you you kind of pull it back from me or you kind of distant did i say something do something maybe ask a few questions before you conclude that we fall out. We ain't friends. We don't give enough grace and we don't use intelligence in the social and emotional way 
to inquire, inquire what's going on with you. Because many people don't just come out with it. They feel embarrassed. You may judge them. You may, I don't know. But we need to put more effort into the preservation of our friendships if they're really purposeful and not be so quick to just wipe them. I'm done with them. And then there's sort of the responsibility of how you treat people. You can't run over people and think they're going to always be there for you. You got to stop doing that. Stop it. Stop it. If that's been your MO, that you get to a certain place and then you just drop off. I've had people do that to me. Good, good friend over the years. And then she would just do a straight up disappearing act. No calls, no texts. For weeks, I'm up here praying in the spirit. Lord, is she in Ecuador up under the ground? She didn't get kidnapped. She didn't get trafficked. Oh, Lord, I'm asking around. Have you seen her? Have you seen her? And they'd be like, yeah, she around. She just doing what she do. That ain't right. That ain't right, y'all. Don't have people wondering how you doing. What, what is wrong? How you on one day you want to go to lunch and on the next day you just drop off the planet? Where do you do that at? But that has to be some emotional imbalance there because I would never want to do that to anybody. It's hurtful. It's very hurtful. And friendships can be complicated. But if you are looking to have meaningful connections with people and be emotionally intelligent, you got to put some work into it. You got to put some work into it. And it's worth it. We all need a friend at some point. I don't care how independent you are. You're going to need somebody. You just are. Well, y'all, I'm getting ready to get off here for the night. I want to thank you all for watching, listening. You can subscribe to Trailblazers Radio right here on YouTube. Subscribe. That way you know whenever programming is being aired whether it's my show or other shows, subscribe and support the platform. You can also follow Critical Conversations on Facebook, Trailblazers Radio on Facebook. You can email me. I got a new email address for my show, y'all. Thank you to my Gabby. Let me find it. Critical Conversations with LHG at gmail.com. You can support financially at dollar sign CC, like Critical Conversations, with LHG. All right? Follow me on my paparazzi page. As you saw, saw on the commercial, your girl got a business. Polished on purpose, paparazzi is my business. If you are looking to make some last-minute purchases for gifts, you need to reach out to me. If you're local here in Michigan, you can shop my in-stock. If you're out of the state, you can shop my in-stock too. But if you want to go on the website, paparazziaccessories.com forward slash 393. Remember it. 393923. That's my ID number. All right. So be sure to tune in next time. We're getting ready to do some uh, really good, fun stuff here on the radio station for the holiday. You want to stay tuned. Uh, some really fun things are coming down the pipeline. 
So just keep your, your antennas up, watch the pages. I love comments. So if you're watching this or listening to this while you're cooking or cleaning or whatever, comment. I'll come back and respond. I promise you. I love comments. We want to get our viewership up. So share the show on your platforms. Share the show. It could be a good topic of discussion with your book clubs or support groups. So I'm going to get ready to get off of here. I want to thank you for your support. I think we're on episode seven, six or seven. And I'm still new with this. I'm still learning technology. I'm still learning a lot of facets of podcasting. But I'm having such a good time doing it. This is how I keep myself one way, emotionally balanced, by finding things that bring me joy. And in my previous show, we talked about this time of year being hard for some people emotionally. You've got to take the reins and find things that feed your joy bells. This is what I have always wanted to do. I love this. My business of jewelry, I love it. I love people. I am a 100% people person. They yell on my nerves sometimes, but I am able to tell them that they yell on my nerves now. <laughs> I'll hold it in. But find your joy, find it, and don't let people take it from you because that's the part of being emotionally intelligent. When people ruffle your feathers or get you all stirred up, say something before you haul off and smack folks and land up in prison. Say something, and you can say it calmly. Keep your friendships if you can. Have discussions about your feelings and emotions. Oh, my sister is on here. Hi, Ashley. Hey, sis, I love you. We spend so much time, you know, hiding how we feel, you know, coming into the freedom of, of knowing who you are and, and operating in all the different dimensions and layers of who you are. It just gives you a whole sense of freedom. You know what I'm saying? So if someone upsets you, you can tell them. Thank you, Ashley. You can be honest. And Ashley is my friend. She's my sister, actually. And if I said something to her that made her feel anything other than love, I think she would tell me. Now, sis, I don't think you meant this this way, but what you mean? And I would do the same thing. But that's relationship. We don't just give up on each other because you have a moment in time out of all the years of good relationship and you have a moment of of something you ask questions that is how you are emotionally and socially intelligent and we shy away from those moments and we lose really good friends really good sisters and brothers for nothing really good and then it gets so bad when the when it's over and and dissolved we go telling everybody else, yeah, we don't we don't get along no more. And then that's how stuff gets started. I'm too old for that. Life is too short. It's too many diseases and strange stuff. I want friendships, sisterhoods, relationships in my life that make me the best version of me. And I want to be able to do the same thing for somebody else. Now, in that process, I'm going to say something dumb probably. I'm going to not show up when I should have. I'm going to do something stupid. But love me and know my heart enough to call me. Me. Not everybody else. Me. 
and tell me how I made you feel. Because I don't know if you don't tell me. And I've been the one. Thank you, sister. I love you. I've been the one to hide my feelings for years. And the result is all the therapy that I have to get now. I've been one that didn't want to have those discussions. I was afraid of the responses. I've been there. And it's literally made me sick in my body and it's caused mental turmoil. And ain't nobody worth that. Nobody on this planet. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Talk to people about how you're feeling. But anyway, I'm going to get out of here. I thank you all. Watch the replay if you're just coming in. Please share on your platforms. I want to get my show out there. And if you want to support, please do. Because I'm going to try to have as many amazing guests as I can have. Uh, I got a forgiveness coach that's lined up. A really nice sister that I met. We're going to be talking about forgiveness soon. I'm doing a show on work relationships. I have been friends with some of my coworkers for over 20 years. We don't even work together no more. And I'm going to talk about why it's important to maintain those connections. Even when you go off on your separate ways, some connections are just meant to be for life. God may have used your employer to bring y'all together, but he knew that you were going to have some ups, some downs. You were going to experience life. You were going to have grieving because you lost loved ones. I got the call about my dad passing while I was at work. And my co-workers were the ones that was picking me up off the floor, wiping my face and, and offering to drive me to my mom's house. I'm telling you, there's co-workers and then there's family. There are people who I worked with that I literally call my sisters and my brothers. And I'm going to reach back and grab a few of them. And we're going to have a reunion show right in front of y'all. And talk about some of the bloopers and wonderful things that we have experienced as co-workers. A 20-year friendship. A 20-year friendship. We're going to do it right on the show. And it's going to be amazing. We used to have so... We all worked different shifts. up with our, uh, Morning time, afternoon, midnights. And we have seen good times. We have seen bad. We've seen people come and go. But we have ma maintained a friendship for over 20 years. It's kind of like a class reunion, but for, for work. And when I tell you, it's going to be fun. So y'all stay tuned. I'm getting off here. Thank you to my baby for helping me with my show tonight. Thank you, Gabrielle. Thank you to all that will watch and comment. I love comments. I want you all to have a good night. And I hope that something was said tonight that helps you to think about how important your emotions really are. Your emotions matter. How you feel matters. How you feel matters. Don't ignore it. Don't avoid it. It's like avoiding a creditor. You don't answer the phone, but guess what? They still want their money, and they're going to end up garnishing you if you don't call them. That's how emotions are. Deal with it right then. Acknowledge it right then. Be honest about it right then. Don't hold it in. It it can make you sick physically, sick mentally. It messes up your social skills and everything. You owe it to yourself to have every critical conversation you need to have with yourself and other people. I'm going to say good night for real this time. Have a good evening, everybody, and happy holidays. 
from LHG and Critical Conversations and Trail Racers Radio. Peace.